I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors, and I am delighted to uh, to have a short time with you in the Word this morning. And uh, and you're all like, "Oh, it's all all families worship gathering. That's great. We're gonna do, we're, we're gonna talk about the flesh again. So that's really great." Um, but this is really what the kids just did is what we're all about. This is the enemy. We're talking about the enemies of our soul and we're talking about the flesh. But the good news is, is we're talking about staying connected to the vine. That's what we're really talking about when we talk about the flesh. And Ben got there last week. Again, the enemies of our soul, this is all good news, you guys. This is not like, look out, it's bad, everything's awful. We're talking about the good news of Jesus, that there are three things that are going to come after us, but we have the victory in all of those things. And so every week we're going to talk about one. We talked about the devil last week. And we're going to talk about the, we talked about the, or two weeks ago, and then we talked about the flesh for two weeks, and then we're going to talk about the world for two weeks. But the good news is, just like we talked about the devil, there's my granddaughter. Hi, baby girl. Peanut. Peanut. Go to kids ministry. Okay. So great to have a whole church here together. You know, her mom grew up that age wandering around this church, and now she's wandering around this church wreaking havoc. It's so good. Thanks for loving on my family, you guys. So we're going to talk about the devil, the flesh, and the world for three weeks. But the, the uh, amazing thing about this is, is it's always going to be good news because the Lord is not going to let our souls get taken out of the game if we're going to pay attention. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pay attention so that these enemies of our souls don't take us out. Do this. Go pay attention, Jeff. Do that to me right now so you're with me. So in just a couple of minutes, this is what I want to do. I want to recap what Ben taught about the scriptural message about the flesh last week in age-appropriate ways, not like how Ben did it. And then, and then I want to give you just a couple of things that I'm compelled to remind you about with the good news with regard to the flesh. This is the devil's stratagem. It's, it's, it, it, his, his main goal is lies. And he, we talked about this before. Deceitful ideas, those are his lies, that play to disordered desires that are normalized in our sinful society. And when you see it this way, you see those three enemies that the scriptures talk about, the devil, the flesh, and the world. Deceitful ideas that play to our disordered desires. And when those are normalized in the sinful society, the scriptures call that the world, which we'll get to for two weeks starting next week. But disordered desires, that's our flesh. Not all desires. All desire that God has given us, our desires are good. It's when they get disordered is when they become empty. And so that's what the Bible calls the flesh. And the disordered desires are that, think about what that means. It's the desires that are not ordered, the desires that are not under the rule and the reign of God, the desires that are not aligned with the truth about the way that God works and the way life is found. Because here's the reality, you guys. From the very beginning, I was 13 years old the first time I heard about Jesus, and I started walking with God. And from the very beginning, I couldn't stand the fact that people thought that Christianity was about do's and don'ts. It was about moral and immoral. It was about clean and dirty. It was about some sort of this, this dichotomy about, about um, uh, morality. Listen, the only reason why there's morality in the scripture, the only reason why things are called good or bad in the scriptures is because we were created to do things God's way and then flourish. Say flourish. Isn't that a good word? 
See, that's what we were designed to do. And so when we live outside of that, when we live according to our disordered desires, when our desires get wonky, when Ben said, hey, the desire to work and to produce and to succeed is all good because we serve God and his kingdom and people when we work. But when work becomes the most important thing in your life ahead of, say, your children, it's disordered, right? Our desire to love and be attached to uh, another person is so uh, deep But when that desire becomes everything, it becomes our God to us, when love becomes lust, when, right, those kinds of things, then they're disordered and it's not flourishing. Say flourish. That's the thing that this is, the devil is going to want to play to our disordered desires and that's called the flesh. And so this is what Paul said about it then. He said, this is what he said about the flesh in Galatians 5. So he says, walk by the spirit. We're going to talk about that in a sec. You'll not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires, right? Or disordered desires, desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to flesh, so they're in conflict with each other, so that, they're in conflict with each other, so that, listen, see it? You're not to do whatever you want. That's not what you do. If you just do whatever you want and not align with the spirit, then we're not gonna flourish. You're not to do whatever you want. And the reason for that is because God's way is the way we were designed to live. You're not to do whatever you want to do. Instead, you're going to walk with the Spirit. You're not to do whatever you want, but it's interesting that our world actually has the opposite ethos. The world says, do whatever you want. Those are the two contrasting principles. And we'll talk about the world next week. You don't just do, we just don't do what we want. Now we order our desires under the rule and the reign of God. And that's where flourishing comes from. So why, why is that not flourishing to do whatever we want? Because that's about self-rule. And Ben talked about that a lot. That's what Katie was trying to demonstrate. When we do what we want, then we're doing what we think will bring us life. And that's not how we were designed to flourish. We were designed to flourish under the rule and the reign of Jesus, our Lord. And so, uh, the, and this is why the devil's so intelligent uh, about getting at us is that the devil tells us lies about what we think might make us happy. The devil tells us lies about what, what we think might make us happy. And then we go after those things. And that in fact is not flourishing. What flourishing is, is doing it God's way. I love this. A Jesuit from the 16th century, Ignatius of Loyola said this, Sin is sin, right? Living into the flesh is unwillingness to trust that what God wants for me is only my deepest happiness. Isn't that a great quote? Man, we get totally off track when we are not trusting that what God wants is my deepest flourishing, my deepest thriving, my deepest human experience. God wants that. And sin is when I'm like, believing the devil's lies about, nope, This is how to go get it. This is how to live. Do it this way as opposed to doing it God's way. So that's the flesh. When our flesh is succumbing to these lies and then we go about distrusting God and his goodness and his truth. So in just a couple of minutes that I have left, and we're going to talk, we're going to have some conversation over here on the sofa in a little bit too. But when we, uh, 
If this is true, this idea that the flesh is us just doing what we want according to disordered desires, according to lies from the enemy, then what do we do about it? And Ben landed here last week, and I want to talk a little bit more about what do we do about it? Look at verse 16 from Paul's text in Galatians 5. So I say, he says, and read those bold words with me, walk by the Spirit. This is what Paul says. So I say, walk by the spirit and then you're not going to gratify the desires of the flesh. Again, don't just think morality. Don't just think you're not going to gratify the dirty desires of the flesh. That's not what it's about. What it's saying is if we walk by the spirit, we're going to walk under the lordship of Jesus. If we walk under the lordship of Jesus, we're going to live the way that God intended us to live. And if we live the way that God intended us to live, then we're going to flourish. That's what this is about. So the whole goal of this is then walk by the Spirit, and we're going to find life. If we just do what we want, then we're not going to find that life. And man, this thing that's so great about this is when we're like, oh, yikes, be afraid of the bad morals. Listen, be afraid of my flesh, distrust all my desires, all that kind of stuff. No, if we walk in the Spirit, we're going to find the life that God has designed for us. You do not have to be afraid of the flesh because if you walk in the Spirit, then you're going to find life. Just like we don't have to be afraid of the devil because remember we said, if you submit yourself then to God, resist the devil and what will happen? He will flee, flee from you. And this way we don't have to be afraid of the flesh because if we walk in the spirit, we're going to find life at its fullest. Look at the, he goes, that's why Paul goes on to say this. He says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Now, interesting, look at that, vo- that verse. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, what does it say? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have the power, if they try really, really hard, to not be subject to their flesh anymore, to crucify the flesh. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, what does it say? Have crucified the flesh. Those who belong to Christ Jesus are no longer subject to the flesh. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, because we have the spirit within us, do not have to live according to our disordered desires. The flesh, its power is removed from us. So let's keep in step with the spirit. Now, Now, crucifying the flesh, it has happened. And so let's then walk with God. Here's five points one per minute that I'm going to do in the next five minutes that I want to remind you of about, I'm compelled to remind you of, encourage you about, clarify with regard to the flesh. Number one, crucifying the flesh is not work. Crucifying the flesh is not work. You're like, it feels like work, but it's not work. Crucifying the flesh is living into your true identity and letting God change you. Crucifying the flesh is not like, oh my gosh. Remember he said, Ben said, he used the example of, you know, an apple tree doesn't go, I'm going to produce an apple. Like, let me try really hard. It just produces apples. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, Paul said in Galatians 5, have crucified the flesh. So when we walk in the spirit, he transforms us. Now you got to st- knock off some of your shenanigans for sure, because you're not helping But crucifying the flesh is not work. It's transformation. Second, don't miss this. Crucifying the flesh is work. (laughs) Crucifying the flesh is work. What do you mean by that? 
work. It's work because we, if we're going to walk in the spirit, then we're going to be intentional about walking in the spirit, staying connected to Jesus. That's going to take some intentional effort and actions on our part, you guys. So while crucifying the flesh is not work, it's just transformation when we're connected to Jesus, crucifying the flesh being connected to Jesus is some work, and so we're going to have to go be about it. So that leads to the third point that I want you to see. Those are going to be about the spiritual practices that we're going to do. We're going to do some spiritual practices. Look at what I said about spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. Spiritual practices are intentional actions that help us remember and return to the presence of of the spirit who's already within us. And so we, the work we're going to do is we're going to be intentional about getting in the way of the spirit. We're going to get intentional about getting in God's presence. We're going to get intentional about remembering and returning to the fact that, wait a minute, I've crucified the flesh. The spirit is in me. And so let the transformation happen, baby. That's what we're going to do. And so we're going to do those practices to remember, to return to the presence of God. This is what being in the vine is all about. John chapter 15 that Ben referred to last week that we're always talking about when we talk about our discipleship. Remain in me, Jesus said, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. If you remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. There's the transformation. Verse five, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will do what? Bear much fruit. Transformation will happen. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So spiritual practices are intentional actions. It's work. It's effort to help us to remember, to return, to connect to the vine so that fruit can happen. Two other things about spiritual practices as I wrap up. One, spiritual practices, if we do those, they inform the lies with truth. Remember the devil's primary strategy? To lie to us and play to our disordered ideas, to tell us where life and salvation and joy and flourishing is found, but they're lies. And so when we do spiritual practices, because we're intentionally returning into the presence of God, returning to his within his, to the knowledge of his presence within us, then we're able to receive his truth and live in his truth. And when the lies come, we're like, that's a lie. You're a liar. You're a liar, Satan. Like that is ridiculous. That's not where flourishing is found. And so we come right back to the truth when we do spiritual practices. They inform lies with truth. I love the thought, and we're going to talk about it next week, by the way, when we talk about the world. Paul says that Though we live in the world, we don't wage war like the world does, but we fight with the arguments that come from the Spirit of God. In other words, the truth. He says, we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. We live in the truth. So spiritual practices are going to help inform those lies we get told with the truth of God. And so we don't get our disordered desires uh, thrown, uh, played to by the enemy. And then lastly, I just can't miss this. Spiritual practices lead to an upward spiral toward life and flourishing. Spiritual practices lead to an upward spiral toward life 
and flourishing. If you've ever had a season in your life when you've walked from God and you've lived according to your own way and you've, and you've not allowed the spirit to guide your life, you've seen the spiritual digression and where you've gotten yourself into all kind of trouble and despair and destruction. But spiritual practices lead to an upward spiral toward life and flourishing. Paul goes on to say that in his argument in the book of Galatians. It's in chapter six, but he goes, don't be deceived. Oh, deceived. The devil's chief stratagem is what? Lies, deception. Paul goes, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. In other words, this is a truth. A person, a man reaps what he sows. So whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap death and destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Oh my gosh, is that not a beautiful concept? Because here's the truth, you guys, that that we will move upward in this spiral toward life and flourishing because when we sow those actions in the spirit, they become habits in the spirit. And we sow the habits of the spirit, they become our character. And when we sow that character in the spirit, it becomes our destiny. We are going to become that which we practice. And if we practice and sow to the flesh and do things our way, then it becomes empty and that's destruction. And when we sow to the spirit, we find God's leading and healing and transformation. And we're living, listen, exactly as we were designed to live. And there we find life. And so spiritual practices get us into this upward spirally spiral toward being in God's place. So, Ben, come on out. We're going to worship, and then we're going to move to some further discussion about practices. But listen, there's a challenge. There's a homework for you. What are the spiritual practices in your life that help remind you to remember and return to the presence of the Holy Spirit within you? What are those spiritual practices? Can you even this week Take on one practice, one spiritual discipline every day that would put you in a place to go, wait a minute, I have the spirit within me and I, have, I am going to put myself under the lordship of Christ and into his truth. Are you in our website? There's a place called resources and there's a PDF for a monthly spiritual practice and we just uploaded one, any, like, or it'll be there in an hour, one of the two, that is a practice of seven different ways to pray. And uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so go take a look at that. Maybe that's one you'll do. But what's one spiritual practice that will put you in a place of remembering and returning to the truth that God's spirit is within you. And so you are sowing to reap life as it was designed to be lived. We do not need to be afraid of the flesh, church. For the flesh is, is, our li- is lies about what makes us happy, what where life is found. But the spirit is the one that brings life. And so the text says, so walk with the spirit. Let's worship now and even remind ourselves of these truths as part of our spiritual practice. Let's stand together and worship.